The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scriptures of this day. Confront us with your claims on our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and best. Amen. The lesson today is from Mark chapter 10, verses 2 through 12. Some Pharisees came, and to test him they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Am I on? We had issues in the other service. Quinn had issues. <laughs> Don't defend him. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Divorce is a question that affects all of us. Some of us have dealt with it in our own lives, our own marriages. Some of us have known it through the pain of our parents or perhaps our children's divorce. All of us, I suspect, know someone who is divorced or has been affected by divorce. It is a reality of our lives, of our world. Sometimes divorce is necessary. Other times it comes too quickly and too easily, escape from the hard work of being in relationship. Always it is a spiritual and emotional wound with profound and lasting consequences for everyone. The Pharisee's question, however, is not a pastoral question. It is a legal question. Marriage in first century Palestine was an arrangement between families, not a choice between individuals. It was more of an exchange of property, of women, than it was about romance or mutuality or personal fulfillment. In asking their question, the Pharisees are not concerned about a woman in an abusive or dangerous situation. They aren't asking about a young couple who, through illusion, delusion, made a mistake in choosing to marry. They're not dealing with a marriage that has become spiritually dead or devoid of life. In fact, they are not worried about 
the spiritual or emotional well-being of two people. Their concern is Jesus. They have been plotting how they might destroy him ever since he and his disciples broke the law of harvesting grain and healing on the Sabbath. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? They already know the answer to the question. They know it before they ask. Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. In their day, marriage and divorce was the prerogative of men. Women neither married nor divorced. They were the objects and sometimes the victims of marriage and divorce. Again, the Pharisees are not concerned about marriage or divorce. They're interested in Jesus' answer. They are testing him. Will he follow or will he reject the law of Moses? That is the only context for today's gospel. Jesus neither accepts nor rejects the law of Moses. He does, though, reinterpret it. He deepens it. Marriage and divorce are not about transactions, but about relationships, people, and, and God. He recognizes the law of Moses for what it is, a concession, a concession to hardness of heart. The Pharisees want to talk about procedure. Jesus makes the conversation about substance. For the Pharisees, the issue is the state of law. For Jesus, the issue is the state of one's heart. In that regard, divorce is not limited to married persons. Divorce is an issue for everyone regardless of one's marital status. Are you following me? Okay. Divorce happens in all those relationships in which we or another have become hard-hearted. Hardness of heart is not simply a marital issue. It is a spiritual issue. It separates humanity from divinity. It divides husbands and wives, parent and child, brother and sister, Republican and Democrat, liberal and conservative, black and white, rich and poor, Christian and Muslim. Hard-heartedness is not simply about having differences. It's about having no need of the other. And so divorce is a symptom of heart disease. 
Wherever there is division and separation, there is hardness of heart. Our own or another's. It's the very reason the Pharisees can even ask the question to test Jesus. Before divorce ever happens between us, it happens within us. They had already approached him with a hard heart. When we take that stance, we begin to live isolated, closed, and fragmented lives. We become fearful, defensive, and, and lonely. Earlier this week, uh, I, learned, I learned that my nana, my father's mother, uh, had been admitted to the Kobacher House, which is an end-of-life end of hospice facility. She has stage four cancer uh, in her lungs and in her, her uterus. I was 16 the last time I spoke to her or saw her. The 27-year silence was due, is due, was due, to my father's poor parenting choices. Lines were drawn, relationships came to an end, silence filled the void. I spent two days internally wrestling with myself on whether I would visit her at the Kolaker house, knowing that she had hours, days to live. And I admit I was pissed off that someone even brought that to me. This isn't mine. Why do I have to carry this? And a lot of that was due to my hardness of heart. The lingering hurt of a child carried into adulthood. So on Thursday morning, after two days of wrestling, I visited my Nana. And I can tell you that I was afraid. I was afraid of not being known, afraid of pain and disappointment. I was afraid of seeing my dad. Yet I went. I went, though, not, not due to sentimentality. At least that's what I told myself in the moment. Um, I told myself I was going because Reverend is in front of my name. And I knew I knew in my heart it was the right choice. It was the God choice. If I have no ability to live in grace, if I have no ability to live in forgiveness toward other, then I have no credibility on this path. I have no credibility to carry the mantle of Christian. And so all of that fear that I was carrying, and a bit of anger, gave way when I saw her, room 16. And when she saw me, she said my name as though she had spoken it every day of the last 27 years. Uh, 
And then she began to cry. In my hardness of heart, my anger, my isolation, which felt like a cement block on my chest, gave way to softness. And eventually, my own tears. And I knew, I knew peace in the moment. Peace I wasn't even aware I needed. Peace that I carried now. We can all give reasons for our many divorces. We can describe the fights, the pain, the fear, the abuse, the incompatibility. We can describe the differences of opinions and values and dreams. We can name the failures and disappointments. We can recall what she said or didn't say. We can recall what he did or didn't do. And all of those reasons are, are real. They're real reasons. But all of our reasons, only ever justify the legality of divorce. You see, our reasons always leave us stuck. They leave us isolated and fearful. They offer neither life nor healing, but only basic survival. God desires more for us than mere survival. I believe we desire more for ourselves than mere survival. And the healing that we desire, that we need, is found in living with a soft heart. Of course, that's a vulnerable and risky place to live. However, it's the place and way in which Jesus lived. And it's how we are to live our lives. I realize hardness of heart is sometimes easier and more accessible than a soft and open heart. Yet that's the challenge. That's the challenge of today's gospel. That's the challenge of the path that we walk. It takes work to examine your heart. It takes work to name the places of hardness. Sometimes you don't even know that they're there. It takes work to be open and vulnerable and then be willing to change and be changed, to live a new normal. It takes a lifetime to learn how to love. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Amen.